Hello and welcome to the Forever Lampley podcast. I'm your host, Inez. And I'm Tommy. (laughs) And we are here because we are doing a special podcast to talk about our lessons learned, highs and lows within our year two of marriage. We are celebrating two years of being married on July 7th. Woo! And we've learned so much and we thought it would be great to bring the podcast back and just share with you all some of the things that, you know, we wish either someone would have told us or things that we just learned in the process that have been critical to our involvement. Right, babe? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's been a been a minute since we recorded yeah. a, an episode. and <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it wasn't a planned break. No, it was not. But it actually aligns perfectly with mm-hmm. kind of where we are in our lives. <laughs> um, and I mean, it, it really, it really just uh, you know created a you know an opportunity for us to you know not only you know in this forthcoming season go through um, what you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, our lessons learned and our experience experiences mm-hmm. um, through year uh, one and going into year two of marriage, but also all the chaos that has been happening in in the year 2020. Right. It's a whole situation here. It's not just marriage. It's what the world has gone through and how that affected our marriage, too. Right. Absolutely. So let's set the stage. So year two, stepping into year two, that's July 7th of 2019. I was eight months pregnant with our baby, Rudy. And so if you could just visualize this, close your eyes. I have a huge stomach. Tommy's looking good. We are (laughs) literally celebrating our one year anniversary in Savannah, Georgia on a beach, my favorite place. Mm -hmm. It was wonderful, but just... Thinking about where we were a year ago versus where we are today, how I look today, mentally where I am, just, you know, physically where I am. It's crazy just to think about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's the stage. So that should let you know that going into year two, I gave birth. I dealt with postpartum depression. Tommy and I became new parents. He was thriving and really accelerating in his career and his startup. Uh, Coronavirus happened. My entrepreneurial journeys went on a pause given the... It just took a... It diverted. Yeah, it diverted. Good way. Mm. Yeah, it completely changed, but it allowed me to walk in my purpose. And I don't think it would have ever happened to this magnitude had... You know, every single event leading up to that happened, you know, just so you timing. became a personal trainer. Yeah. Yep. I became a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have two kids. Um, we're just learning how to adapt and love each other as parents, entrepreneurs, and friends. So, yeah, let's get into the five things we learned from being married two years. 
First things first, personal mastery and growth. Woo, that's a big one. Absolutely. And personal mastery actually came from us reading an audible book together, The 5 a.m. Club. And that is where that concept initiated, I think, for us. Like, that's where we heard that term for the first time. It's on our mirror. That's how we, you know, really stepped. I felt like we had a new sense of energy from understanding what that meant. And for both of us, it just meant that um, striving to be our best selves as individuals and how important that is for the marriage. So for myself, I can just talk about the personal mastery and growth I experienced postpartum. We talked about this in a previous episode, just how, you know, there was a situation that happened four months, four or five months after Rudy was born. And that exploded Tommy and I's relationship to the point where I was like, Inez, something is wrong with you. You are not yourself. You do not feel confident. You do not have that same gusto and like, you know, vibe that you used to have. And it's showing. I don't think it ever showed as loud as it did. But that situation led me to say, okay, I need to find a therapist ASAP. Give the audience a visual um, that they can relate to. Think insecure. What was the latest season? Was the oh, season? I don't even know. The latest Three, season. Three, four. And the episode that. Tiffany. Yeah. Yeah. The oh my God. That the young lady went through. I, and you can attest to this, babe. When I saw Tiffany open that door in the hotel room, I felt her on a deepest level. I immediately started crying. Mm-hmm. I was like, I have been there. I know what that's like. Thank you for showing me that and that it's normal. Like, let's normalize postpartum depression. Um, And to the point where Tommy, you didn't know, like you didn't know what was going on. Similar to, you know, her husband, you knew something was off, but you didn't know to the effect, you know, how it affected me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that is you can think Tiffany and then that's Inez, like a thousand percent. That's where I was. And so therapy really was huge for me. And it has been in previous years. But, you know, for the postpartum issue, not issue, the postpartum situation that I went through, it just opened my eyes to so much more and allowed me to really make steps to be a better version of myself um, and really just talking it out and having my therapist called me out on stuff that no one has really ever called me out on during that period. So it was really important to me, really special for me. And I share my experience with therapy because I truly believe each one, (laughs) each one of us needs to be in therapy. Um, But that was something huge for me in year two that allowed me to not only be a better version of Inez, but that, flowed into our marriage like you saw my confidence change I became more like pre-baby Inez than before right Mm. yeah so I think the you know you working through um 
things in therapy and not working through as much as having someone to yeah to um have that dialogue with right. um and just you know converse about these foreign feelings the things right. that you'd not felt before and now you know, a different perspective on things but that experience with your therapist in tandem with um you know you physically transforming i think that's a good yeah i I think i think the normalization back to you know you 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 say pre-inez but i think just you know your your journey to your current self which is you're different totally Um, you know you talk about uh on lampley fitness lab you allude to you know not believing in a snatch what do you call it snap back (laughs) snatch back see see i'm old I don't know the terms, (laughs) but yeah, you allude to that not being, you know, the goal, right? Not a, is it snap back? Snap back. Snap back. Snack. Snack back. Hey, snack back. Yeah. It could be snack back too, though. You mean getting back to looking like like a snack? snack. (laughs) Oh yeah. You you are a snack. You are back. Snack back. Yeah, but you you prefer the term second body. Right. And the irony, particularly, you know, mm. for, you know, your experience is that your second body or at least this version of your second body mm-hmm. is um and I mean, I think I agree with this too. It's uh it's better than yeah. your first version. Yeah, you love it more. Yeah, and exactly. so do I. Exactly. Um and so it, it all led to those experiences all kind of led to, you know, where you are now. Mm-hmm. The fitness thing plays a huge part in it oh, yeah. because the thing that no one told me before I had a baby or even after I had a baby, no one was as blunt to say that like your how you view yourself, like I, I guess I didn't realize how important being in shape and looking good and like fitting my clothes and like, you know, meant to me. It, and it's not even on a shallow level. It's just like the exterior matters. And when you see your exterior completely change and you're like, who is this? What is this? What's happening to my body? Like, why? Um, is my period this way? I mean, I could go on and on just about the things that I didn't know. Um, and you're just like, I second question, like constantly was questioning myself, like, because I saw things on the internet that was like snapback, like, and I'm like, girl, I do not, I still look like I just had a baby. You know what I mean? And it's like realizing that how I looked and how I felt with breastfeeding and all that, just like it took a toll on me. Um, and it took a toll to the point where I wasn't as secure in myself and my abilities and who I was based off of just how I looked. But it was also how I was feeling. And it's like, it was one and the same for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And the breastfeeding part, I mean, that I could do a whole nother thing. But that's another thing that I wish someone would have told me to like, while you're producing milk from your body to feed and sustain life for your child, <laughs> that's huge, right? Um, and we can talk about like, you didn't even want me to breastfeed, right? You were like, it wasn't my preference. It wasn't your preference. I wanted to do it. 
And I'm glad I did for almost three months. But in those two months, I was two and a half, three months, I was oblivious to the fact that, you know, the science behind breastfeeding and why, you know, dropping weight and looking a certain way just was not going to happen for me, given the science, like the personal trainer in me is coming out. Like the calories I had to consume to breastfeed is more than what I would do on a normal basis. So why would I think that I'm going to just automatically slim down? Like it took time, but that was a journey that I had to go through. And I became so much stronger, both physically and mentally from it. But another thing, fitness for me, but for you, it also was our spiritual and wellness journeys with meditation and prayer. And I think that's something that we noticed or we began to implement more and navigate together in year two. Yeah. um, Yeah, I became much more aware of how um, being present and, and just being mindful right. and using meditation as a vehicle mm. to be aware of those things. Um, just how much that means to me mm. in terms of uh, being a tolerable person to be around. Um, you know, I can I can be quite thorny uh, or moody, you know, just in my natural you know state if I get caught up in just everything that I have going on and and not being mindful and conscious and aware and present to the things that are actually, you know, important. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was, it, it's been kind of a godsend to, um, you know, become aware of those critical things you know, during this period and, and meditation, particularly, you know, I've used Headspace, the app often, um, just as a means of, just kind of normalizing the 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 habit of being present, mm-hmm. being mindful. Um, so that is definitely one of the things, you know, we talk about personal mastery and, you know, utilizing that. And just to take a step back, you know, you, you mentioned feeling more confident over time, you know, as you got into fitness and as you got into shape. I mean, that's a form of personal mastery, mm-hmm. you know focusing on being the best version of yourself each day and making mm-hmm. decisions to right. get to that individual you know yeah. it, that those are direct principles of you know mastering uh you know, each element right. of, of your persona of yourself um so yeah for me mindfulness and meditation that was a big part of this this period for us in terms of um, my my personal discoveries, right. and then it was really you know, along with you just rediscovering my passion, my love for fitness. Mm-hmm. You know, with us, uh, with us uh, rebirthing Lampley Fitness Lab. Right. Um, We're gonna get to that too. Yeah. So those are good, babe. So the second thing that we learned. So first was personal mastery and growth. The second lesson was really using your voice and your voice. What I found for myself was that my voice changed. And like Tommy said, this is so critical. Like 
when you become a mother, when you become a parent, you are no longer (laughs) the same person. Like that person is gone. The things that I think about now as a mom, I would have, I had no reason to think about certain things before because I didn't have a child. And just the way my mind has changed, my priorities, um, the things that I want to um, feed myself and not just food, but like feed myself, feed my soul so that I can pour that into my children. Like my voice has, and my husband, my voice has just changed and it's definitely been for the better. And that just goes to communication and how important that is and how it might change over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree. Mm-hmm. I would agree. And one thing for me that I learned was that, and this is kind of funny because we dealt with this today, but just learning how to, and I had to do this right after Rudy was born. Someone gave me the advice. I actually think it was my therapist. It actually was Ruth. My therapist, Ruth, told me that instead of expecting Tommy to do certain things like, oh, I don't know. I'm just going to make up an example. But like if I'm cooking and Rudy's crying for you, I mean, you would do that. So that's a bad example. But the whole point is that like changing the diaper or like being more conscious that, oh, it's time to change the diaper or I don't know. I could give a hundred crazy baby examples, but instead of me expecting him to do something that I would think to tell him to do it because we don't think the same. We're not in each other's brain all the time, even though you're like, why wouldn't he just do that? But like he's over here thinking about Bleacher Report and the businesses that he's running. Like he's, whereas like me, myself as a mom, I like have that inner antenna and inner clock, you know? So my therapist, one piece of advice she gave me about using my voice was, as a mom and as a wife, you need to be vocal and explicitly say what you need them or what you need your husband to do. And so you definitely <laughs> saw that with me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it goes it goes even to one of um one of our favorite books, The 4-Hour Workweek. Mm-hmm. And and how the author talks about um you know, being intentional with how you just structure your sentences. Right. Instead of asking someone to do something, um, suggesting. Right. Uh, you do that. Too. And yeah, and that's, you know, one of the, one of the ways that I communicate naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that you've been adopting yep. lately as well. So iron sense. sharpens iron. Yeah. All right. So personal mastery and growth. Number one, number two, using your voice. Number three, which is like one of my favorites, accepting the evolution, Mm. accepting the evolution. Now, this is something that I read um, off of Instagram, (laughs) like a gem that was dropped on me one day and I read it and I was like, dang, this is so real. Just how and then I lived it and I really saw it. Right. So. Like I said before, we are no longer the same people 
we were a year ago. We have changed. We have evolved. And there are certain things that, you know, um, might have happened in the past that don't happen now and vice versa. And it's just understanding that as individuals in a marriage, we are going to change for the better and we are going to evolve. And things that we might like now, we might not like a year from now. And it's just or a career change. It could be, you know, a new passion, a new hobby, new friends, new, new anything that can come into the in your life that is going to change your spouse and in turn change the nature of you know, a day-to-day basis. A good example (laughs) would be changes in profession. Like you said, before coronavirus, I was working heavy in the airport industry. Mm -hmm. Coronavirus hits, the travel industry and hospitality industries plummet. You know, we don't expect things to get anywhere close to 2009 numbers for three to five years. So it's like, I'm looking at my career and saying, well, what am I going to do? And then, you know, we build a home gym. We really tap into Lampley Fitness Lab being in solitude and being at home, being forced to stay home. That was a change in career in my profession that changed our marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, and another dynamic um, that that's related is, you know, while my job didn't change, how I did my job did. Right. Oh um, my God. You know, with you know, as you mentioned, so the good. downturn of the travel industry. Um, you know, what came along with that is, you know, different restrictions in different states in terms of. Um, you know, who they're letting in or who can travel or who can go certain places. And so that affected, you know, me, like a lot of other business travelers, you know, they started working remotely. Mm-hmm. And so you know, that was a, a big change for me being someone that was you know, generally on the road anywhere from, you know, two nights a week to four nights a week, just kind of depending right. on what was going on. Could even be five nights. Rarely, but yeah. Mm -hmm. But that was so great for myself, the boys, and the dog. Mm -hmm. Just having (laughs) Princess has been loving having you home. And it's just, and so have I and Rudy and Tyler. It's been, I mean, beautiful Mm -hmm. for our family. We have never spent this much time ever in our relationship you know, together because of the nature of your work. So, I mean, and that goes to another point. Quarantine was a blessing for us, mm-hmm. um, yes. for our marriage, for, for our, our kids, you know, mm-hmm. our family. It was really, really, really special. We learned a lot. And and this goes to the next point. Um, so we'll get to it. We'll come back to that. But Back to accepting the evolution, another thing that happened in year two was that our love languages changed. Mm -hmm. And that was something I was not expecting. Were you? I wasn't expecting it, but I I mean, as you, if you think about it on a surface level, it makes sense. 
you know, when you, you know, over time as an individual, as you're exposed to different things and as you, you develop preferences or tolerances or likes or dislikes based on those experiences, you, you know, innately are going to change. Um, mm-hmm. So based on that, it's not totally surprising that love languages would change over time, you know, given different things that may be going on, you know, in so an let's, individual's life. Let's um, unpack that. Sure. Talk about your love languages and how they changed. <laughs> sure. So, um, and, and so you'll have to. I'll do the same. Since thing. you put me on the spot. Do you want have, me to go first? You know, I don't want to go first, but you'll have to correct me oh, and okay. make sure that um, I'm speaking to you know, how things were and how they evolved. Okay, I got if, you. If I'm correct, I believe my love language or primary love language that is originally was was it uh words of affirmation okay yeah so it that was the original love language and it went to acts of service which was like the bottom before was it at the bottom i mean it was definitely three or or four or five Mm -hmm. yeah but for and I feel like it's such a logical shift, just kind of given everything that that's transpired in you know our relationship. Um, you know, for me, particularly at this point, this is one of the busiest moments I've you know had, just in terms of you know my life, uh, from you know my career to you know being a father um, to being a husband. Uh, you know, you're you're talking about you know, three rather full um, roles in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, if you're doing it well, what they require of you. And to, you know, just dissect that a bit further, when you talk about my career, it's rather unorthodox, um, just given that I'm running a couple of different uh, startup type companies, which requires um, interaction with with multiple uh, uh, clients on a, a day-to-day, a week-to-week basis. So, you know, there are varying levels of of um, complexity there. Uh, so I think it makes a lot of sense that, you know, acts of service or, you know, having having the ability to you know, have someone to help you out mm-hmm. with different things, the things that fall between the cracks or just the things that you would like to do that, that you don't have a chance to get to. Um, it, it, you know, that becomes something that's favorable. Right. And that's simply, you know, what happened. And along with that, you know, the the words of affirmation, you know, I think when you get to a point where where you are handling yourself and you have achieved or attained a certain level of success of success within different segments of life you know you say to yourself well you know dang i'm doing all right um and you don't need me to affirm yeah i don't i don't need you to say hey babe (laughs) you're doing good well hey we walk outside and look around and you know look in your closet and well yeah i think we're doing okay um, so no, I don't, I don't really need to hear that. Not to say that it's not nice. Um, 
but I think that's more useful when you know you have someone that's just not quite sure if it's going to be all right. We'll see. And to say that, <laughs> I'm like, well, dang, let me retake this test because my original love language was physical. No, it wasn't physical touch. It was quality time. Mm-hmm. I always just wanted us to just hang and do things together. Then I became a mom, two kids, you know, running a business. Um, I needed my own time. Like the quality time didn't matter as much to me because time was elusive. Like I felt like I didn't even... I mean, for four or five months, I felt like I was just spinning around, like didn't even know how I was making it. So we, when we retook the test, for me, my number one was words of affirmation. <laughs> After you just like slaughter it. No. But. <laughs> no, no. No, no I, it would make sense though. It yeah, make it sense. would make sense because I'm like, am I doing okay? Am I like, okay? Right. am I? Like, I don't, I'm barely doing it. Like, tell right. me, like, I know, I, I know I don't know I'm doing okay. You right. know? So for me, I was like, the world is spinning. I have all these new responsibilities. <laughs> like, <laughs> please tell me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yeah. it's crazy. It matters. And yep. Tommy has noticed when he says, I appreciate you for cooking. I appreciate you for doing that. Like, I appreciate you for working out with the boys today. Like, that makes me feel like, whew, thank God. Like, you know, it just feels good to hear mm. from him. And now I'm like gooey eyed over you. But before I'm like, oh, let's like go on a date. And it's like coronavirus. There's <laughs> date night is in the basement. Like, mm. what do you mean? So everything changed. And my love language, our love languages mm. definitely changed. We have to retake that like. In a couple months. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see. Okay. So moving on. Number one, personal mastery and growth. Two, using your voice. Three, accepting the evolution. Four, which we were just about to talk about in three, is reconnecting post-baby. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! Why didn't none of y'all women tell me that? <laughs> <laughs> no one told me about the process and the time or yeah no one really my mom never said you know make sure you um get it right after you have the baby or not get it right you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. you and your marriage like you get right like you feel that deep connection and for the first you know, months postpartum, I seriously felt like a chicken with my head cut off. <laughs> like, that's how I felt. And the problem was that I was expecting for it to be like it was, you know, mm. like I was expecting, okay, I popped out this baby. Yeah, I have some baby weight on me, but, you know, I still want Tommy to like be honeymoon phase with me now and it's like that's not realistic I had false expectations um but with that 
with my expectations, with my postpartum, with everything that I was going through, I wasn't my best self, nor was I, you know, the woman I wanted to be. Um, And so that it definitely took time for me to gather myself and become stronger um, and really tapping into who I was that allowed our love to rekindle. And I, I say coronavirus helped a lot too, because we were able to see like, man, I really like you, you know, because before it's like, you're on the road, we're going, we're parents, taking the boys to their extracurricular activities, going to the gym, going, 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 we were forced to slow down and just be with each other. And we never had that time to just you know, re-fall in love like we did during COVID. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and you know, sadly, unfortunately, I, I think that that is what a lot of couples experience just, mm-hmm. you know, in just going through the carousel of life. You know, you, you have your day-to-day, um, you have you know, the, the rat race, if you will, you know, work, school uh, for the kids, um, you know, projects, homework, extracurriculars, you know, you get your weekend, weekends never long enough. Uh, I think never. generally, never long enough. I think generally, you know, families use uh, or couples use like maybe a, a getaway um, to, you know, have that time to reconnect. And we've done that yeah. throughout. Um, but as you mentioned, Corona gave gave everybody an extended yeah. uh, um, residential, you know, getaway, staycation. Right. Um, and so I think us, you know, like, uh, you know, a lot of <laughs> other individuals, um, you know, got a chance to spend a lot of time with mm-hmm. uh, their significant other. And fortunately for us, we do like each other. Right. Because if we didn't, oh it would have been a very difficult period. Right. Uh, but for us, you know, as well, it, it was just a you know great reminder that we did like each other mm-hmm. and not only like each other, loved each other. And this gave us an opportunity to, you know, express it in ways that we may not have been able to do before because, you know, I was gone and, you know, uh, we just didn't have the time. Um, So having uninterrupted time together um, and then time to do things you just normally don't do just during the because it's just it's not what you do. So we started taking walks together. I mean, when we worked out previously, we would run together. We do our mile, our mile of a day together, but it became like a daily thing that we did together. And, you know, along with those and they evolved because sometimes the mile a day is a walk. Sometimes it's a run. Sometimes it's a jog. But you know, during those periods, we talk. Mm-hmm. And I think when you talk. Um, something magical about talking, about communicating. We don't do it much, you know, just as a society because we're screen people, mm-hmm. you know, nowadays. Um, but coronavirus and this, you know, period 
gave, you know, an extended opportunity of reflection that included a lot of talking and reflecting Mm -hmm. together. And you talk about, you know, what I would like to do this or Mm -hmm. I like that. And you just you just really you connect. Right. You have an opportunity to connect. And that's what we did. Right. And we like garden together. We just started doing things that you know we never things that connect you right experiences that connect you you know you 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 plant a flower together you plant a tree together and you can go back and look at it a year later and say hey you remember when we did that Mm -hmm. and even if things go back to normal you still have these connected experiences that happened that occurred um and those things strengthen your relationship. Yeah. And it's a visual representation mm-hmm. of e- how life evolves, how love blossoms and blooms. Oh, you're getting all oh, into my yeah. book now. <laughs> look, don't. Look. Okay, okay, look, okay. I'm I, stopping. I, I, you no. It, I, so you we, started, <laughs> we started gardening. But we, we just did things, like Tommy said, that connected us. Mm-hmm. Um, so reconnecting post-baby is critical um it takes time and you just have to make it a priority so we definitely did date night like what was that like you mean in, in the house no before COVID-19 oh, struck that was our thing yeah we did yeah our yeah weekly our night. weekly date nights but that it, it's deeper than just date night you know um, and so that's, it really helped our relationship. And I'm not saying that a COVID experience needs to happen for you to reconnect, but something, there needs to be like a, what would you call it? Well, to be honest, I, I think it's time. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, you know, I think is. it's time. Yeah, um, you're right. You know, I without COVID, you know, our time would have yeah. come. Um, it's just like a lot of other things in life. Mm. You know, uh, there's just so many, Preach. there were so many different things that each of us were adjusting to. Um, you, like you say, you're becoming a new person. Mm-hmm. You're, you're settling into who that new person is and what that new person's responsibilities are. Right. And so, you know, you and you and I, I think, we would consider ourselves to be um, overachievers. So you don't only want to settle into a role. You want to do it well. So focusing on focusing on being, you know, good, you know, parents focusing on, um, you know, being uh, um, entrepreneurs that earn. Yeah. You know, you could say I got a business. If you're not earning, (laughs) then it's not it's not what you want yeah. so you continue to work at it becoming better mm-hmm. um and so along with that you know it's it's figuring out you know how do we get back to that sparkle right. uh, or becoming aware or mindful yeah. that the sparkle isn't you know what that first feeling was it's you know, how things should feel now. Yeah. Ooh, that's deep. Yeah. 
but I think it takes a while and mindfulness helps with this yeah to be aware of you're right you know the fact that things are different yeah and that's okay and it's okay that yeah. that that's the kicker mm-hmm. and it's okay and it's, it's okay. going to be okay mm-hmm. and prayer helped me a lot you know Tommy and I prayed together um prayer changes things and so I can't emphasize that enough either but um our last one so just to recap number one personal mastery two using your voice three accepting the evolution four reconnecting post baby and five legacy building Mm. one of our favorite things to talk about yeah absolutely tell me how our conversations changed in year two well, I think anytime you you know you have a child together, you know you you automatically you start to think about how that child's um, you know how you're going to to raise that child mm-hmm. um, in tandem with the one we already had with Tyler. So you know a lot of our conversations you know it slanted around you know their their schooling, their upbringing, um, their character. Yeah, their character, and I think having the younger one, it, at least for me, particularly, it, it really start. It really, um, it 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 lit a fire inside me to uh, really focus on the development of the older one, just with intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the reason that that became even more important for me is because I wanted I wanted him to set an example for his younger brother. Right. So just like, you know, just putting layers mm-hmm. of uh, I don't say layers of um, responsibility. I can't quite think of the right, right way to phrase it. But it's essentially putting safeguards to um, a garden against mediocrity. Mm-hmm. You know, so at you know every level from the youngest one's perspective, he's always seen, you know, his brother, you know, working hard, and then taking it from there, um, focusing on ourselves or at least myself more intently. Um, so with our sprints, mm-hmm. um, just. You know, ensuring that he sees us working to be our best selves. He's seeing us engage in personal mastery. Right. Uh, that That's one of the, the things that, you know, when we talk about legacy, um, I think, you know, us, us focusing on our own personal mastery mm-hmm. has been something that's intertwined with, you know, our ability to to leave a legacy, not only with our kids, but, you know, with our businesses, you know, and that's another, that's another arena that, um, that I think legacy has, has really, you know, became a theme with us Mm. over this period. Lampley legacy. Yeah. It has. And just, I mean, I would be remiss if I didn't say that, especially 
everything that has been happening with Black Lives Matter, you know, the killings of Breonna Taylor, I mean, and everyone else say their names, literally having an eight-year-old ask you about why did they kill Breonna Taylor or You know, when we did our 2.23 mile walk and it was, why are we walking? Um, Like, why did a police officer shoot a black boy that was running? Like having those conversations, that is not easy. And explaining that to your son and looking him in the eye, it just changes the way you want not only to better the world, better our community, but just better them so they don't have to deal with, you know, these horrific acts of racism that, you know, we are dealing with. So preparing the next generation to live a full life um, that is a little brighter than ours. That's, you know, ultimately the goal. And that hit it home for me when Tyler looked me in the eye and asked, you know, why are these black boys dying? So I didn't mean to like get somber, but when I think about legacy building over this year, yes, you know, giving birth um, and realizing and seeing half of me and someone else. And it's more than half. He looks just like you. <laughs> he does look like me. And that's wild, you know? And it's like, I'm, He's a reflection of me, but he's going to be better than me. And like that is the entire goal, you know, as parents that we are being our best selves because we want the best for our children. So legacy building, it's real. It's something that, you know, we when it was just you, Tyler and I, we talked about it. Um, We definitely talked about it. but as the family grew, it became uh, a deeper conversation for both of us. Mm-hmm. A hot topic for sure. Yeah, as it should. As it should. Again, you know, particularly you know, during these times, um, you know, when we have, uh, when we are a part of you know a race of people who you know, have had their legacy stripped, mm-hmm. you know, it's even more important to just instill a sense of legacy within your own family. Right. You, know, you have to start somewhere. Um, so you start with yourself, and with your family. If you, you, you didn't have lineage before you, unfortunately, we both come from strong families. Um, so we have values that were passed down from them um, that you know contribute to the things we want to you know, right. leave in our children. Um, yeah, and it's a blessing it to have that guidance. It all starts at home, mm-hmm. and coronavirus solidified for us how important home is. Um, just making home feel like home and pouring into our home with love with words with acts of kindness with um trust with vulnerability just pouring into our houses and everyone in it has been you know really rewarding over these two years so two years down forever to go forever to go forever lamply pop 
podcast. We're back. Um, follow Lampley Fitness Lab. We have some amazing things coming. Now that you've heard our story and how Lampley Fitness Lab, Lampley, I'm so, so I'm so country, but I'm totally from the Midwest. It's so wild. But yeah, follow us. We have a lot of amazing things that we've been working on and how we're using our passion to uplift and inspire specifically the black community to move and feel their bodies and live their best mindful life mindful life yes baby and there we go until next time holla thank you all for joining bye bye